0: Hey everybody, I'm Matt Hill. I'm in the Trace Management podcast studio. Uh, Thanks to Trace Management for being the uh, benefactor of a space for us to talk about oil and gas and the people who uh, bring us abundant uh, life, human flourishing energy. And Trace Management is an oil and gas engineering firm who uh, has consultants or, you know, everything oil and gas, if you need engineering, come to them. And of course, all this is for... The Talking Energy Show that supports the uh, Oilfield Tailgate. So please go out and follow, like, comment on anything that has to do with the Oilfield Tailgate or the Talking Energy Show. Uh, you guys have seen them. I usually just post on oilfieldtailgate.com, at just about everything. Oh, yeah. But I like to go around the room and ask people, introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Go ahead, buddy.
1: Sure. Uh, Ty Wright, I'm with Bosky Systems, been here about five years now. Um, I'm director of business development for the company, um, along just all portions of uh, sales and business development and growth for the company and organization. They're lucky to have you.
2: <laughs> you don't know how lucky we are. They are. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey look alike. I mean, he should be the stunt double. Well, but...
1: Couldn't he look like me, though? Uh,
2: I think he's older, so technically, you look like him. You look a lot older.
1: Because <laughs> I work in the oil field. Yeah,
2: I was going to say that, that. That's all oil field there. Yeah, that, that's that's like definitely
0: you're not not. The I mean, actor. Probably the same age as Matt, but you look like you might be his he's, dad. I think he's got me
1: by about ten years, but I've got a lot more gray and the in the wisdom. Oh, maybe more wisdom right there. Yeah.
0: There you go. Good
2: luck with that. <laughs> and I'm Jeff Stokes. Uh, I'm with Bosky as well. I'm one of their uh, region managers. Uh, do a lot of stuff here in Oklahoma, but also uh, uh, call on the Dallas market as well. So kind of travel a little bit here and there, but ties my boss and uh, tries to keep everything, you know, keep me under wraps, which... He's your partner. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah, he he basically beats me down. That's why I don't have hair, because he pulled it yeah, out. That's why. <laughs> well, you have
0: so much testosterone. Let's not forget the science uh, behind it. I hair. mean, I, I
2: thought was mean, it was just... You are more men than most. Well, that's true. I was just going to say I was SBG, sexy, bald guy, but, you know, whatever I'm it takes.
1: Kind of like be. last year's awards banquet for SBG when <laughs> there was like eight of us sitting at the table and everybody was bald except me. Yes, we know. Yes. No, we
2: did
0: notice.
1: Yeah, we accept, we're very accepting in our group. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nobody invited anybody with hair except me. So funny.
0: Well, the reason uh, I do this, guys, is to uh, promote oil and gas. You know, first and foremost, uh, what you do is vital, and I appreciate you very much. I'm honored to be here with you. I've known you guys a long time. Uh, have uh, hoped and dreamed to get you both in here. Uh, tell me, how, where'd you grow up? How did you uh, first hear about oil and gas? Were you in it before, you know, Bosky. you know, what was your first job in oil gas type? Uh,
1: that's a funny one there. Uh, so I went to school at Mississippi State. Uh, Hail State, boys. Uh, had a pretty good season this year. Uh, but outside of that, uh, we kind of, I grew up farming, uh, rice farming, soybeans. Uh, and so my path was to go after farming. And um, last semester in school, a couple, me and a friend of mine, wanted to go out to Wyoming and just love life, you know, after we graduated. Of course dad's like well who's funding this event you know <laughs> and uh it just so happened we kind of ran across a guy that his dad had a venture out in the powder river basin um and um i guess it was outside of pinedale I wasn't closer to the Pine, not really powder river around that pinedale area and uh, ended up getting a, a good salary they're paying us for our truck they give us room and board and you know, of course. After that, Dad was like, "You go find yourself, son." You know, and so that was that was where I first cut my teeth. Uh, and what a great support! That's a loving guy. Sure, and it was it was uh, it was beautiful up there. It was a short run for me. I was up there for a couple months, um, but oddly enough, we, we ran disposals and transferred water. We weren't actually treating. We did some filtering, but um, and now with Bosky, I mean, we do the full life cycle of water. So uh, kind of came full over. But from there, I ended up coming back to Arkansas. Worked for a small company uh, doing communications with uh, XDO and uh, Southwestern and the Fayetteville. Um, Ended up moving over to BJ Services after that. Worked in cementation and fracturing. Um, Eventually shut that yard down when the Fayetteville slowed down. Moved to Kilgore. Went back over to cement there. Oh, man, I was there for about a year. And then transferred over to Shreveport to their new facility um, and stayed on fracturing there. Um, of course over in the Hainesville shell, I mean, obviously a lot higher pressures, different iron, uh, but I'd, I'd say the Texas, Louisiana, I probably learned the most on the operations front. Um, different jobs, different formations, especially from the cementation. Um, so really enjoyed that part of my career. And then I ended up moving up here in 2012, uh, to work for Weatherford. Um, and I was in frac sales for that. Worked for them just over five years, uh it kind of broke my heart when they shut frack down and a few others in Oklahoma, I think. Uh, I remember one customer calling me up and saying, Hey man, you just made me get a price increase from Halliburton, you know, that works. Yeah. But it was, it, it, it hurt, but, um, you know, ended up making a flip and came over to Bosky uh, just over five years ago. It's been a great run. Um, ended up being over the MidCon region at first. And then now they've moved me over about three years ago, moved me over business development for the company. So, Um, involved with the disposal side. Um, We've got an M&A team where we are looking for new ventures of growth uh, along with our water treatment and then also our pressure
0: pumping division. Nice. What about you, homie?
2: Yeah, so uh, I grew up in uh, Dallas, Texas, so nowhere near the oil patch unless you're in the Barnett. Uh, So uh, actually my uncle's best friend, uh, most people know him. His name is Jeff Jordan. Uh, but uh, anyway, he kept trying to get God me to. Bless you. <laughs> yes, I know. I know all the Jordans. That's the problem. We love the
0: Jordans. <laughs> hey, by the way, future uh, you know, teaser here. We are supposed to get all the Jordans together around the table. You don't have enough alcohol. <laughs> we'll work on
2: that. We're, we're welcoming sponsors of you know local you know. I hey, hey, don't don't let them fool you. They have money. Let them bring the the good stuff. Okay, okay. so but no, uh, Jordan uh, Jeff tried to get me to quit uh, college. Um, uh, as well kept... as any good uncle. <laughs> college? <laughs> uh, you don't want to know Yeah, he, well, he kept <laughs> telling me. Tell tell. I mean. George, Jeff's uh, uh, sto- line is, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. And, right. and he's a hell of a storyteller. So I don't know how much of his stories about uh, life in the oil patch in the 80s is true or not. I don't need it. But, I mean, like, like I said, I you know saw him at events at my aunt and uncle's. And, uh, like I said, he kept trying to get me to quit college. I said no. Probably a good thing because I graduated. And then six months later, uh, in 2006, uh, I, said, I looked at Jeff and I said, all right, I'm tired of waiting tables. Uh, you, you tell me about... All these events that you do as far as, you know, you drink going to the job, you, you know, drink coming from the job, blah, 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 all this good mm-hmm. jazz
1: water. Used to be I'll, nothing but an alcohol, have a good liver and play golf.
2: Exactly. I mean, yeah. that, that, that's what he was saying, but this was whenever he was in the field. So I was like, heck, I just had four years of college experience at that. I mean, I think I got this down. So. Uh, walk into uh, BJ and Mineral Wells, Texas and apply. And I'm the only guy in a three-piece suit. Everybody else is in FRCs and covered in mud and stuff. And I'm like, I am way out of place on this. So anyway, uh, Coy Randall gave me an opportunity and then started cementing and fracking in the uh, Barnett. And then BJ created this uh, uh, trainee program called the Associate Field Trainee which you were part of, right? I was, yeah. So I was part of the inaugural class. So all it meant it was that you had a college degree, just not engineering. So anyway, they put us out there and, and uh, we did a lot of good stuff. And it was take kids that had college degrees from knowing nothing about the wool patch to being a service super, service supervisor in eight months. It was a good program. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. Spent
1: three weeks three weeks in the field and then you would do a week in, in Tomball yeah. with a certain level of class. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, it was, it was pretty close knit group. Uh, I think the first class we had was like 12 guys. So we, we were always down there at the same time. So kind of built some camaraderie, but, uh, stayed with BJ, um, got out of, uh, field operations, went into field sales and then, Really got to know a lot of people at Chesapeake, which kind of catapulted me into doing uh, city sales for BJ. And they pushed me over into Dallas, which I was comfortable with because that was home for me, right? So, uh, But then uh, comes uh, Baker, bought BJ again. And, uh, kind of, let's see, what was it, 2014, uh, Sammy Graham, Ken Lake and Kent Warner, three of Oh man, those three guys, uh, came calling and said, Hey, uh, we need somebody I with Sammy last night. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Good guys. Yeah, no, they're, they're great guys. They, they asked me if I would move up to Oklahoma and I said, well, sure, but I got to have this, 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 and this. And, and Ken goes, well, let me see what I can do. And, uh, I go, I first really need to convince my wife to move to Oklahoma. So I got a girl that was born in, in uh, California, grew up in DeRidder, Louisiana, but spent a lot of time in Dallas. And, and you think that if you marry somebody that comes from DeRidder, Louisiana, you're getting somebody that likes to hunt and fish and camp. Yeah. She can fish because Lord knows I can't even catch a cold in the middle of winter. Um, but hunting, she's out, uh, hunting. She's out camping. If it's not the four seasons or a Disney cruise boat, she's out as well. So
0: smart. I mean, I mean, that's I mean so they're all smarter than
2: us. Yes. Right. Yes. That's oh, true. That's true. My,
1: my wife never gave any fuss on the moving. We've, I was talking to y'all earlier about it. I've, I've moved oh, 12 times Wow. In in 12 years of marriage
2: yep
0: god bless her right that's pretty <laughs> amazing i mean yeah i held it together said hey wherever you're at yeah we've we've had some hurdles wherever i'm at with him yeah i'm yeah. i
2: didn't want to no no, no. There. but no my wife uh said yeah if, if i can convince my uh, kid's dad to uh, allow him to move then she'd be in so got that all squared away and he didn't go with us right away uh i told kind of what really challenged our marriage was uh uh, told her that, hey, we need to let him kind of make a decision for himself, you know, help him become, you know, I guess, more or less at some point become a man. Right. And live with the consequences of your decision. So uh, he made that decision. Yeah, kids are really good at that. <laughs> well, I, but, but again, I mean, th- I, I think your job as a parent though, too, is, you know, you yeah, got, you got to, got to give them enough rope to hang it. themselves, but I'm mean, in, in a, an environment where you can still protect them. Right. And this was something that, you know, it, it wasn't going to make or break his life. Right. So anyway, we moved up here without him. Uh, I, I really thought we were going to get divorced that first year because he wasn't up here with us and she was always going back. And uh, we we finally had to sit down and like, have a, I say, I come to Jesus meeting and it's like, listen, <clears throat> love you to death. But if that's where you need to be, you need to go down there. I can't go. And so, yeah, you gotta provide a living for your family, exactly. So, um, you know, that was really a turning point for us. And, uh, actually, probably about a month later, our son was up here and he just looks at us and goes, Hey, uh, can I move in with you guys? And it was kind of like, Wait, what? And I mean, it was like literally the week before school, so we got them all squared away, got them all up there or up here, and then he's been up here ever since. So we've been here it's almost a, nine years. Man, you can't help but get up here and like, golly, I really like, I like it here. Well, so, so I always say, I mean, I'm a Texan, right? And Texans are always, you know, people hate Texans because we're, we're humble, we're arrogant, because, hey, we were a nation before we were ever state. But then I, as being up here, I, I've kind of figured out why Texans and Oklahomans hate each other. We both have humble arrogance about us, you know, Uh, and that's probably why we hate each other is because we're looking in the mirror, right?
0: There's no no hate coming from Oklahomans toward Texas.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I've always said, well, so I'm I'm from South Dallas where where it's more blue collar, right? And I said, I'd never live up there with those people, meaning the Frisco's, the Plano's, the white collar families, right? Met my wife. Yeah, I lived in Frisco. Uh, Then I said, I'd never live up there with those people, meaning Oklahomans. Now I live up here. And I will say it's people like Ty, people like you, you know, that are either transplants or here, but. Really, they, they you know, call you just, hey, I haven't talked to you in a while. Is everything all right? You know, I haven't seen you in church. You know, what's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, just want to make sure you're okay. yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's that great community that uh, I think Dallas really has missing, and, and it's not the same Dallas that I grew up in. So,
1: interesting. I will, I will agree with you that that's one thing that when we left here in 2020 to move back to Arkansas, it was hard. I mean, like, I drove 20 minutes out of the way just to go see a few guys from the the SPE crew just say hi you know you came
0: up here for quite a bit of you know you, you stayed in touch
1: no i do but it's you know i, I built a an oil field family here in oklahoma you still have it. i know but i don't get to see y'all as much like the SPE awards banquet that's kind of like my my, great. Re, my, re, my my
2: what reunion great every night. year
0: you know <laughs> um but uh just you got get to, to your Harold ham you did such a good job i'm so uh, proud of you yeah why did not
2: why don't you podcast that
0: no no that's a i mean because i don't know just say,
2: it's not yeah that that was way better
0: it was cool. Not it was everything
2: a needs damn. a podcast on it. Yeah, I say podcast, we should, we should have at least videotaped. I mean, it was, I th- I think that was a great kind of interview, you I know. I like it more of that. You know, it was a very private feeling, yeah. you know. I, I don't think, I you didn't know. Sonia set that up. Yeah. So.
0: And, and though she, she did, did perfect up. because, did you know, without the cameras on Harold, he can be more candid yeah. and, and be, you know, more That's genuine true. and funny. And know? he is. Yeah. I mean, like. Unscripted is better. Yeah.
1: I mean, we got to talk to him like afterwards and our backgrounds are very similar because he grew up farming. Yeah. And so we talked about that and um, and then how he got in the patch. And it was it was kind of cool to, Now you know, he took his career a lot further than I have. but
0: And not uh, that, you know, I mean, by all means, if we would have had the camera, he didn't say anything off color not not at all. all the whole time. No, not at all. You know, I mean, but, you know, just still just that feeling of freedom. Like, hey, I'm amongst my friends, amongst my family, I can be candid. And yeah. if I want to be colorful or if I don't. You know, but there was none of that, you know, like, oh, cameras are on me and I'm right. being judge thing. Well, and
2: the other side of, uh, of that with him in the position that he's in, he has to be careful with the words he says whenever a camera's on him, yeah. you know.
0: Well, now that he's bought everything back
2: and not uh, on, the, you know, on yeah. the stock exchange. Just say whatever you want, buddy. Mm-hmm. But, still, but still, I mean, it, it, whenever you're in the public light like that, I mean, you, you talk to several different presidents. He's, I think he's just as protective of our, of our industry as right. we are, no you matter know, what
1: position. And, and that's what I was going to say. He cares about oh. our industry. And like, so to the form where he had meetings that he had to literally work around to get back for that event. And, you know, when, when we found out he was going to be able to make it, his assistant was telling us that, well, he's, he's canceled, move this stuff around so he can literally like jump on a plane and make it back for that event. And so not only does he care about, you know Oklahoma oil and gas but he cares about it as the a group you support yeah, like he, the SP absolutely and SP when he found out it was a 75th he wanted to be a part of it yeah. you know and so very well, thank you Harold thank yeah you thanks Harold resources. yeah very blessed that he could be there uh, I've, I've every time I've had a discussion
0: with him it's always been a, a good one so uh, but he's done great things for our industry for sure uh, there's some. I mean there you know you type in oil and gas into LinkedIn, you see, you know, the couple million people that are just some instantly available. And then you think of the couple million more that aren't directly tied to it. You're like, okay, well maybe we've got 10 million people across the globe actually somehow connected our industry. Thank you. Sure.
2: Well, I, I mean, no offense, we're in energy, right? So energy drives the world and energy, the amount of energy we need to keep the world going keeps increasing. And if you look at, the pie charts or how it's broken out, not saying that there's not a place for renewables and stuff like that, but you still break everything out. Our energy increases, but even with the increase in renewables, we're still using the same amount of coal. We're still using the same amount of nuclear. We're still using the same amount of oil and gas. So, I mean, carbon-based things, non-carbon-based things, we're still using the same amount uh, as far as percentages. Now, obviously percentages, as things go up, you're you're consuming more. So, uh, unfortunately, we're still going, no matter what, we're still going to have to figure out a way to, still provide a great product to the world because we're not going to get stuff from China or Russia or Ukraine, you know, wherever it may be to here unless we have some type of oil and gas yeah. or if, you know, I hate to say this, but the U S government allows us to start figuring out ways to take a nuclear reactor, make it small so we can power more things.
1: But
0: I well, guess what else we're going to need. I'm going to crowbar this in right away water yeah the more energy we need the more water we need yeah.
1: exactly right so <laughs> bosky
0: i'm fascinated by everything I, I mean i'm i'm i just i mean i, I want to talk about everything you guys can be a series but i want everybody to understand like bosky's like a a big deal in water for oil and gas sure. and you know so uh, 30,000 foot view what is bosky uh what all do you guys you know what are all you guys doing right now
1: sure uh so first off, we were started in two thousand seven. In two thousand seven, uh, started in disposal. So that's how we got into the the actual business. Uh, founder Joe Mitchell and Clay Lacrosse um, founded Bosky, and you know essentially just took a consultative approach and hit Barnett operators to see, hey, what what is your biggest strain? What is your biggest problem? And that's where we got in. You know, it was water. And anybody that works in the Barnett knows that people drilled in the ocean, and it just constantly they flow water. Um, and so we hey, still Oklahoma, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah right how many wells did Sandridge put in up, up in the day in those disposals um they're uh, gonna be worth a lot of money someday sure yep. um but you know on the same front it's like you're saying water's been a big thing so recycling has been a big thing especially out in west texas um you know we've got multiple jobs that we're we're reusing anywhere from 10 20 percent up to we've got one job in new mexico where we're doing 70 to 80 percent um so it and water qualities is obviously you got to meet specs Um uh, it can affect your chemistry if it has high chlorides and solids and whatnot. So we, we take that into account. Um, so recycling is a big thing for us on-the-fly treatment um, with different chemistries, um, different formations. We do uh, front-end testing to see what formation we're targeting and then see what best-fit chemicals might be f- used for that. Nice. Um, and we work with the operators uh, just to try to see, all right, well, what you're looking at? And then we try to throw a recommendation around that more or less, not just a blanket approach
0: yeah cuz you got to see not just like what they're doing right now but what everyone in their little Micro grid worth of drilling sure. wells and where they're at and what they're going to use it for on the next step. Right. You know, and there's different. We have yeah. drilling. We have completions. We have production. We have flowback. We have refracs. Yep. You know, on and on and on. There's so many different operations mm-hmm. just on the upstream side of things. Yep. Uh,
1: and that's where we we try to target it from different levels of the water. What kind of fresh water? Obviously, you approach differently than a produced water or a blend. Um, and killing out all bacteria. In a lot of cases, you've got to deal with H2S in certain areas. So we make sure we mitigate that as well. Um, another big part of our business is pressure pumping. Um, we've got our own frac pumps, and we, we do a, a treatment called well shock, uh, which it's a it's chlorine dioxide and, and uh, hydrochloric acid that work in conjunction. And we do different remediations where we we pinpoint a solution uh, and customize a, an approach to where we go in. and We've seen uplifts on production from anywhere from forty to one hundred percent. And then on disposals is where we started. Well shock is where we're we're treating them, we're cleaning them up cleaning up your paraffin, your scaling, stuff like that, and it's actually lowering injection pressures and we're able to get more water on a daily basis and, and uh it's been a win win for, for operators and for ourselves.
0: Well, on both those fronts right now, I mean you can look across, we've you know done some data just within this own podcast and different people I talked to, but roughly there's about a million wells that are considered online producing in the US land, you know, mm-hmm. space. And so out of all of those, I mean a lot of those one million wells are on the, you know, low margin, you know, small scale coming out of the ground, three barrels, six barrels, you know, like whatever. So wells. you can go and bring your technology and those, you know, essentially a, you know, a refrac almost.
1: It's actually a lot cheaper than a recomplete um, even. Um, so we've treated, essentially we like to pull tubing so you have a clean wellboard to work with. Nice. Um, but um, we have treated on the down the backside in certain cases, um we can't make hydrocarbons but if there are hydrocarbons there then we can definitely increase production there um and we've seen a lot of success where we've got operators that can tell that story
0: um we see the you know we see the curve falling off on i mean everybody's well is going to go down i mean or you might drill them and they might go down six months i mean nowadays we just i mean the rock is going to get what it is but why not throw your procedure at it it's it's way cheaper to get that you know technology out there in that operation and not give it any try at all it's cheaper than plugging it right and in some cases you've got operators that have a heavier focus on
1: new production like new wells right um but i mean right now we've got on any given day we typically have two crews out running and they may be doing just a traditional acid job or they may be going out doing a well shock um and we see success in both both applications but it just depends on which one those are
2: but right? you also have some operators that <clears throat> they may not have a big you know uh, dnc program that they're going to have for the next year but i mean you're talking to those production engineers and the production engineers their job is to minimize the amount of decline of their wells or figure out a way they can produce more right so that's i mean whenever we're usually talking to production engineers they're like this is what i need you know and they're like it's going to cost me how much and they're like well that's not much more than a typical acid job i'm doing so Why not? You know, I say roll the dice for a couple, you know, three five grand uh, on top of your normal acid job. What's it going to hurt? I mean, you try it three four times, and I always say always they always go. Well, we want to try it one time. It's like, well, let's let's be honest. You try it once if it's either a success or a failure. So that's just a data point. You need a trend, right? So can we get three to five wells? You know that. Yeah, it's still a small number, but at least you start kind of seeing a trend. You can
0: see a cross compare there. You know, I just just
2: see that as a.
0: very vital technology right now because of how many operators don't have the budget to go out and just do drilling completion absolutely and you know we have again a million wells out there how many of those are the declines are so rapid or they're just such marginal wells but there's so many people that are interested in becoming part of oil and gas and you can go out and buy maybe like a you know 10 blocks of hey these are all you know small you know marginal wells and I can go out and use this and bam, we're, we're up and running as a pretty, you know, that's a pretty sizable, uh, check in the mail kind of, uh, sure. operator.
1: And we've got some of them that they'll actually, you know, there's going to be a cost associated to pulling tubing. So having to sure. work over rig and everything else. So we've got some of them that, you know, if they've got a failure on one where they've got to pull a string, then they're calling us and saying, Hey, can you get out here within six or seven days? You know, in a lot of cases we're able to fit them into the calendar. So we get out there and help them out. Um, and, you know, others are just willing to say, we know we've got a problem here. Let's go pull it. Let's get it done. And, you know,
0: so it's, it's, uh, it's, a, if it's, if it's going to if it's going to pay for itself in 30 days, less than that, oh, it'll pay you like seven. <clears throat> we've seen somewhere get ROI in less than a week. So I can afford that invoice when it finally hits <laughs> my uh, mail.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah, Risky
0: business, but yeah, yeah let's now do there's,
1: it. There's no guarantee, right? But, you know, and your verticals are probably going to take a little longer to pay off. <laughs> you want to guarantee you? I mean, I can, I can He's throw the it in a box for you. Like, I
0: promise you this is going to be. let me
1: do the Tommy Boy skit <laughs> <Yeah>. on you.
0: <laughs> is this the fat guy in the little coat? <laughs> uh, you know, Tommy Callahan, yeah. pitch. You, know, <laughs> yeah. you want to guarantee I got some free time. <laughs> and then the uh, the water. And, uh, so I just was uh, with Gianni and uh, his team over at Aquacat because they're now cleaning 20,000 barrels a day of the grossest produced water we can come up with to cleaner than drinking water mm-hmm. and they can do it cheaper than salt water injection. And it's some pretty impressive this Aquacat, you know, yeah. concept. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, man, I got to introduce and this is the only this is another reason I do this, not the only. This is sure. one of the things like I can't wait to introduce. You know, my friends at Aquacat to my friends at Bosque, and see how you guys can combine these, sure. you know, technologies Absolutely. and be part of each other. Absolutely. You go out and, uh, you know, package these deals together sure. and make sure that our industry, I just just our industry has all these technologies. But look at what your equipment can do for, you know, you look outside of our industry, all of a sudden you're like, oh, my gosh. You know, there's just no end to, you know, the applications. Right. Mining, just general humanity like can we make clean water for the rest of the world that doesn't have the opportunity to
2: uh, i think i think the other side of that was uh, part of it was can the chemistry keep up right because originally like my barnett days the haynesville days uh, probably early on into probably 2012 2013 everything we had was just for fresh water right uh, now that you know number one we know that uh, or i say we know but you know, it seems to be there's a correlation between us disposing of, of produced water and fracks or earthquakes are starting to kind of coincide, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so seismicity so events are no that, joke to even
1: in Midland with the yeah. large, and man. That actually increased
0: that puts reuse a real big black Basin. eye on our industry. We yeah. like that. We already know that we want to solve that issue sure. before
2: anybody else does, but but, so, but sometimes, I mean, you, you have to have people that are forward thinking, right? So, how, how can, can we make this better? And I think there's a lot of people that were kind of, you know. Uh, it's not broke, why fix it type thing, right? So, number one, you have to first set a goal. So we set that goal. Uh, the chemistries have come along to where we can now, hey, we can. U- we have horrible water that we can use. Um, there's a company down in Dallas named Exco that actually put in two 36-inch lines in their field in the Hainesville and they were taking uh, water from uh, the paper mill uh, that actually my father-in-law worked at, uh, and we were reusing that at BJ back in 2010, 2011, 2012 time frame, and, I mean, they spent a little bit more money but it made their, their fracks cheaper because they're not using uh, fresh water, number one. Two, they kind of, you know, hey, we're here for the community. And so, I mean, I think that was, I'm going to say, kind of the start. They probably don't ever get mentioned a lot, but they were kind of one of the first ones to use somebody else's waste yeah. to try to make it better for our environment, right? I'm, so
1: I'm pretty sure Pioneer uses wastewater from Midland they Odessa do. they, do. they yeah, yeah. frack their water. So there's another... Of it too, yeah. where they're they're trying to use a green and everybody's looking for a greener
0: solution. If we don't, we're going to be politic right out of our own yeah.
1: business. No, for sure. And and from the same point, man. I mean, you look at we have heavier droughts every year, and you know not only are are when we're fracking with fresh water, you know, you're pulling water away that could be used in cattle, it could be used in you know obviously ranching, but farming. You know, obviously that holds close to my heart because that's my background. Um, but there's a lot of water that goes into it um, when you're talking about rice farming in Arkansas. I mean, you're running a lot of water now. But even you should go down to West Texas to get a, a field down there that, to get it irrigated, no telling how much water they're going to have to use. So, and that's going to be regulated even for the farmer. And then that means that they're not going to be able to make enough money on their on their crop. And
2: yeah,
0: so we're going to. Well, I was, yeah, gonna, well, I was all actually all of our prices are going to go up, yeah, and sure. anything drilling, completion, production because of water.
2: Yeah, I was actually talking to uh, uh, one of our clients out of Dallas, and uh, they're looking at reusing. They're having to start reusing water, uh, but. Uh, New Mexico is asking them where are they getting their water from and it's coming from a farmer and it's like well where'd he get that water from so I mean like New Mexico is even starting to say hey you Mr. Farmer can only use so much water and I mean I, I I hate to have the government tell me or tell a farmer how much water he can and can't use because I hate to say this but Last time I checked, the government wasn't in, involved in farming. They were involved in, you know, government. So They
0: write a lot of subsidies. Some 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 are good, some are bad. Yeah.
1: So, <laughs> you know.
0: Well, they got you on the hook. You know? You're like, <laughs> oh, you're, part, you're on the teat now. Yeah, there you go. I mean, we, I mean, I don't normally pay a lot of attention to a lot of headlines that come out of California. But, you know, when I saw just the tip of the iceberg on what they were doing out there saying, hey, by the way, if you have a water well, you know, whatever the age of it is, you know, we're going to come out, put a meter on your water wells if you're a... Landowner, mm-hmm. and now you are going to start paying us to use your water from your land that you own the mineral you rights. Own the, that, what that doesn't seem that well seems unconstitutional, but California does a lot of things. They're like, "Well, we'll see you in court." I guess yeah, I'll never live there. Yeah. Well, I am saying never. I'll write
2: yeah. name on that. Yeah, you have <laughs> yeah. I, I do have some friends that live there uh, in Southern California, and uh, they purchased a house in Florida just because they're looking at and saying, "Hey, I even though I live here." One's a firefighter, the other one's uh, worked for, um, she's a sonographer, but anyway, she. Uh, they're like, yeah, as soon as our pension, or I qualify for our pension and I can retire, we're out. And he's like, I'll go, they're already going to move to Orlando, but they're like, I'm going to go move there, and they've already built their house and whatnot, so they're like, hey, I just can't wait to get out of here, but he's also waiting for his daughter to, you know, turn 18, and so that this way he can fully leave and hopefully take his daughter with him. i got to get this
0: podcast studio and take it on the road and take it out to California. we got to... We got to find some guys that have worked in oil and gas in California. I've got for a I've long got contacts. Yeah. I've got contacts that and we can see, go see. You know, at, like uh, I want to hear the whole
2: story of the oil and gas of California. Yeah, that's another goal I have. That's that's send it them that's my way. Last
1: buddy. name I worked at Weatherford with. Uh,
2: There's Scott, uh, guy that I used to work at at FloTech. His name's Scott Myers. He was out in Bakersfield. Worked out there with BJ, then Baker and uh, Flowtech. And I don't know what he does now, but kind of funny story. His son was. Uh, Whenever he was in uh, doing an intern for music or whatever, he was at my son's high school as an intern doing a student teaching, and I was like, "There is this world is way too small for a guy from California, and me in Oklahoma, and we have a connection, and we work together at the same company." Yet his son's also you know a student teacher at, at my kid's high school, so yeah, you think the world's uh, really big, but then. Whenever you're basically a degree or five degrees of separation from somebody, but the only that, people
0: that's... you talk to are Nolan Gas. You're going to run across them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but
2: what what are what are the chances of his son being you know an education major here in Oklahoma from California and also at my son's high school back back whenever my kid was in high school? I mean I think that's kind of kind of cool pretty great yeah that is pretty cool so but god puts people together buddy that is true that's so true we found each other it's the bald thing bald I connection i know we we, do. yeah, we, <laughs> we don't we, we're still trying to figure this one out
1: so. <laughs> I'll say the oddball for a little while guys it's coming i promise one of these days when i shave my head you're gonna be like who's this guy
2: you know, I, I will say when the first time you do shave it, you're like, We do it, <laughs> we'll do it on the that, podcast. Yeah, that, yeah, okay. there we go. That, that, that'd that be, I, I've, I've got the uh clippers for it, yeah, so we all have clippers. <laughs> we don't pay
1: for haircuts, yeah. I'll let y'all bring your clippers. So, I've got
0: enough to just trim my beard. We're gonna get off in of the weeds too far. I want Bosky to be at the highlight of this thing for a minute for me, just so I can learn more about it, just so I can <laughs> sell you guys when I get in front of people, but um. What do you see uh, Bosky doing in the future that you're excited about? What's coming? What do you where do you hope that you know paths collide in the right ways? Like, here's the things that we might be able to do.
1: Um, I think obviously recycling is is at the top of the list for for me. Um, we've we've branched out into a different application in recycling. Uh, obviously we're doing some of the on the fly recycling, but, um, I think more of the invasive recycling where you've got higher TDS, where you're trying to push for hundred percent produced water fracking. Um, and it's different, in different areas, obviously your water's not going to be the same, even from the Midland to the Delaware basin. So, um, and you know, you start looking up to the Bakken and you really start getting some high TDS and stuff like that. So I think that would be our biggest push, um, is, is more recycling within our, our organization. Um, Water treatment has always been a, a bench runner for us from customized treatments. Um, you know, we run anywhere from a couple chemicals to anywhere to six chemicals, sometimes on location. So um, we can do a full-blown full, full blown customized frack package. Um, so I think that would, is probably going to be a continued branch for us. Uh, our M&A team, uh, where we're looking at <clears throat> branching out to, to different service lines maybe. Um, you know, I know right now we're building an acid gas injection well in the Delaware Basin. Um, we are partnered with battalion on that. Um, that's our subsidiary company, Caracara Um, and that's a, a really good one for us right now. Uh, we're hopeful to start taking sour gas in March, April of 2023. So, um, that's one that we've been working on for quite a while. Uh, there actually a been a lot process. of hurdles there. Well, I it think is. I
2: think that's going to be a big one because I mean, how many fields out there that have H2S or, you know, some type of sour gas and, if you could only treat this one issue, I have a lot of takeaway that we could have. Or, you know, this makes it go from unprofitable to profitable now, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. am not only responsible. And exactly. Like, hey, all you East Coast, West Coast,
0: Ivy League investors that were apprehensive about getting on gas because we weren't doing the right thing, we all are. Yeah, You yeah. we were ESG before it was called ESG. We know that when we waste but- any
2: kind of money on environmental waste— it's monetary waste also. Well, now be careful because now uh, I think they're changing ESG to ETI or something like that there's a, there's, a, there's a new act now as well. So to make
0: yeah. it the flavor of the day, we were already doing that. Yeah. We do not we want to be solving our own problems. We all
2: already know our own problems. I don't think that most people understand that we're also part of the community. I mean, you know, yeah. every company has people that live in that community. So we can't we can't sit here and pollute that community because at the end of the day you're killing your, your workforce. Yeah. Uh, I think the other hard part is how do we, how do we get, uh, younger people to kind of be in, in the STEM market, right? I, I don't think a lot of people understand how much oil and gas community reinvests into, you know, STEM projects. You know, um, I, uh, I know Sonia, she was, uh, her daughter, you know, uh, there was very few little bit of stuff that, uh, they did on engineering in the oil and gas firm, but they had all different types of engineering and stuff like that. But it was just like, just a barely a brush over on the oil and gas sector and most people don't know much about us. I mean, the I'm most first generation important oil field.
0: Aspect of all of our lives, energy, and we just brush over it like yeah. you say. Yeah. Over well, and, over
1: and, over again. and that's you know, Harold even said that when we had that discussion. He said that's the worst part about our economy is that they're not educated on what oil and gas, you know, a lot of people say, Oh, you're an oil and gas, you know, and you know, think we're a bad thing, but everything that we do in oil and gas is people are a part of, regardless if they're a a green thumb and they're living off grid or whatever, there's parts and pieces that they're a part of and they've got to use. Yeah. So um, and I think that's where a lot of people are just uneducated on what our industry does it's and what it It's the
0: affects. sexiest industry.
2: But yeah, I mean, still get back to kind of what we do. I mean, I, I really think the acid gas injection well, where we're taking CO2 and, and H2S. And we're talking to other operators
1: yeah. from that standpoint that need that kind of, because uh, we're doing turnkey partnering deals with that. And I think that's what really, you know, Bosky's not afraid to go out on a on a branch or a limb to try to come up with a different line of business if it makes sense. Um, you know, we've we started off in disposal, and then next thing you know, they they people started coming to us on treatment, and so we started looking at green solutions for that, and then so it just branched off as as we continued on, and even down to the pumping group where we you know started doing these remediations on our own disposals, and then it turned into a service line for us. So I think you know we're we're open mind, we keep a consultative approach, and if we see a a fit for you know a need in the market then we're going to go after that
2: and the, and the good thing is we're also private privately owned we're not privately funded or we're not private equity back or anything we're just privately owned, so that makes life so much easier because we just have to satisfy basically one or two guys and as long as <laughs> as long as it fits a hurdle and he can see and you know all of your customers <laughs> yeah. well besides those but that. but I mean for us to do a deal with somebody right I mean you know if, if those two guys are like yeah that that makes dollars and cents wise let's go do it right yeah. so you know we're we're able to really um, uh, change and move as times move a lot faster than I hate to say, like my former company Baker. I mean, Baker, it took forever for us to get something, you know, from point A to point B. Right. Um, but I mean, but that's also a big corporate sure. structure and, and whatnot that you're having yeah, just, so many different, a different,
0: yeah, just a completely yeah. different environment. Yeah. yeah, How many are you, you're in every basin now.
1: So we are, we are active in just about every basin except for the Northeast. Um, we had a, we had a, a water treatment up there, Electrocoagulant treatment. We sold to waste management back in the day, um, and I don't know that they're using it anymore. But we haven't entered back into that market since. We had enough non- that they couldn't. Yeah, not so they couldn't. That's right. But um, but we haven't entered back into the Northeast since then. So. And
0: about do you know about how many employees you guys have at Boston? We,
1: we're now? running roughly around 125 to Ooh, 130 employees, good job. Uh, and looking know, for more. We are. We're right. actually hiring yeah. uh, operators in MidCon, operators in the Permian. Um, looking PJ for a couple sales guys talking. in the Permian too, actually.
0: That, yeah. Well, good luck. God bless them. <laughs> I mean, under time. Yeah. yeah, we we
1: actually are. We train them. Teach how to do cool uh, stuff. That's uh, thanks to Marco. Uh, we've got a, a little venture that we're going to be managing some disposals for some operators up there. Uh, so that's a, a new venture that we're starting up. How many
0: disposal? How many saltwater disposal facilities? Let's see. I think here in Oklahoma, there's what like a thousand. Am I wrong? I mean. Mm. I don't know if how many saltwater disposal app? facilities are across the U.S.? You know that's a I good know.
1: question. I'd have to go to our our little handy Inveris app. And Somebody's yeah. got the
0: Inveris app to Yeah, do we need to like, probably how get many the Inverisap. How saltwater disposal there? facilities are across U.S.? Lee, and get back to me on that, will you?
1: Yeah, we can do that through state by state. Yeah. yeah, sure.
0: See, I always have these fun questions I throw at people. Go. There you go. <laughs> like yeah. only like at one point I was like, "How many flares?" <laughs> how many flare stacks are running right now a lot less
2: now than there used to be because
1: yeah. I mean, there's operators that we've got one operator that we're partnered with we're doing remediation work for them in the permian and that's a smaller vertical field but they can't get the oil out because of the gas they can't flare it and it's because of midstream right and, and i think a lot of people have had that problem out there with being able
0: to get some of this gas off location um, how cool would it be though if you ran that flare stack to instead of a fire you ran it to a generator already done already tried and then that the, idea. and then the generator you know of course you got to clean up ran right bitcoin no no no, no. bitcoin now <laughs> for put, right put now. on the grid Bitcoin's now you have to get on yourself the grid you yeah. have several options now or you could run that generator to run a water recycling plant ta man
2: misty didn't marry you just for your stunning good lucks did oh you? i am really really smart <laughs> You're the, yeah, one person will hear this thing but, but you know what i'm saying Making like this, yeah, no. th- these
0: water recycling plants can be then chained together across the permian and now we have a grid of ways to get water anywhere out there and i think that in some cases that's
1: a problem for the infrastructure piece of it um you've got you know, bringing produced water over, over land or even laying out, you know, operators spending the money for the infrastructure on their land uh, to get it from A to B, you know, especially to the from the producer on a group of wells to go to one single
0: pad, right? Yep. Um, but right. We, have, we have pipelines taking our product, the gas, mm-hmm. and now shipping it across approved pipelines down to the Gulf. And we will be putting on approved terminals and create LNG and shipping it overseas. Yeah. But in that same turn, we could grab Gulf water and ship it up in pipelines, and we could put Bosky and Aquacat together across all the land, and have those flares running generators that are running turbines to push that water up the pipelines, and we could make that desert an oasis. Yeah, the so other take, take the take other visions. the other hard part of, of West Texas. I'm, terraform, I'm, I'm yeah. basically terraforming the planet. It's
1: all those trees that are sucking up all the water yeah. out there. Hey, man, I love those
0: mesquite trees. I like wild, like, like, wild <laughs> boars and mesquite, just like the next guy, backyard barbecues. Or my I was going to yeah,
2: say, that's that's a good barbecue uh, grill there.
0: So, but. but I mean, also, if we terraform it into the jungle, I'll eat a monkey. It doesn't bother me at all. You'll eat a monkey? I'll eat whatever is out there and available in the force that we create from our water with Bosky. Just saying.
2: I like it. I like it. You guys I, have a big
0: mission in front of you now. Sorry.
2: Well, no, I, I think probably as far as West Texas goes, though, too, is a lot of those um, carrier or I say carriers, but so a lot of the water that's being used out there, there's water rights that people, whenever they signed up to lease, they had to buy so many barrels or you have to use this company for your water. So it's kind of not only am I getting paid because I own the land, but now you're also having to buy my water. So if you take that fresh water from them, okay, well then you have to use my produced water type thing, right? So those are those. I say the and
1: then they've got the option yeah. to treat it. So it can get complex, and yeah. those avenues. But, but uh, same thing. Hey, the same thing when you West turn Texas on that. mafia issues.
0: Whenever you do like the bitcoin mining, well, at one point that flare gas was completely useless, and now yeah. you've got to figure out well. How do I pay this guy? Sure. Do you want it in Bitcoin? Do you want it like, how much gas I was paying for? I mean, it's, right. it's so complicated depending on the
2: mineral rights and the landowners and yada yada. Well, the other thing is you could use that gas is to run your facilities that you have out Everything. there. You know, so. And there's
1: uh, operators already doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I
2: mean, th- there's so many different things that we could do uh, to, to use that, that gas instead of just release it or flare it or whatever. And it, it you know, just basically. Be have you seen, this is way off in the weeds, but have you seen this, uh.
0: It's like this machine that they set up on top of mountains in very arid regions that are basically like deserts. But it will collect the water in the air and then turn them into glaciers around this like pole sticking up out of the ground. And then over the course of the, their summers up there, that glacier on top of that mountain, they set that little gadget up. It's meltwater and it's coming down in like the villages, and they're able to like irrigate their farms and stuff really? like that
2: what predator movie have you been watching <laughs> i just i don't know <laughs> <laughs> what sci-fi
0: movie Way <laughs> hey, too many science magazines i guess I <laughs> google and i go way down nothing surprise surprising I
1: mean, obviously we've come a long way in technology yeah um you know from the water treatment standpoint even to to where you know where we were when i first joined bosky to where we are today i feel like we're in a lot better place on you know partnering partnering with our customers. Uh, you know, I don't know if you ever see my email tag, but I don't have customers. I've got friends I do business with, and I really believe in that. Uh, also, no one else will have us. It's got to be our friends. <laughs> <laughs> this, way, yeah. this is true. Because <laughs> if I'm not your friend at the point where we started in business together, then,
0: you know. It's yeah, strange. I've met him. I've hung out with him. like, oh, he's lucky. He's my friend. <laughs>
2: well, I've told all my bosses this. I mean, if it wasn't for customers and my boss, I'd have the perfect job. Eat, drink, and, you know, do it on somebody else's dime, supposedly. <laughs> That's what my wife thinks that I do all day. <laughs> that, that, that little...
1: I usually i started up on my on my sales whenever i do sales it's like the there's like a six block deal where it's like this is what my parents think i do and then it's that guy that's like just doing this all the time yeah and then there's guys <laughs> drinking at the bar you know what i'm talking about what that my
2: friends think i about. do what this my wife a, thinks this I is do. all everybody
1: thinks that i yeah. do yeah. most of the time i'm just bothering people on linkedin like hi <laughs> <laughs> i'm matt <Yeah. laughs>
2: You don't know me, but I would love to talk to you. I like long walks on the beach. <laughs> oh, I'm using that. <laughs> Go for it. I mean, it's worked one time. <laughs> one time, I I like,
1: get shut down. Like I'm never doing that again. I had so cold calls are obviously are the toughest part of a, a, a sales guy's business. Oh, I wish nobody lo- nobody actually know. loves it, but I don't really mind cold I calls. I have a bone of shame in my body. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things to do is. Calls. I've got I've got one of our sales guys, and I've I've got to call him after this, but he couldn't get a a, a response from this one engineer, and so he started sending like cat pictures to her in an email box like he was not giving up man oh dang yeah it was pretty funny i
2: i, I will say you know trying kind of, anything yeah i mean <laughs> I, I will say what what really changed my uh uh sales career was uh one of the guys i worked with um i, I say i kind of mentor him he's like my my little brother but his name's doug own he works for atlas sand but uh whenever he was at key he never would call somebody he would just send them a calendar reminder say, Hey, Mr. Customer, blah, blah, blah. You know, my name's Doug. I want to you know, chat with you about X, Y, Z. I know that your time's very valuable. Uh, I don't want to, you know, uh, take too much of it, but I, I would love to talk to you about X, Y, and Z. And he would send it and he goes, and I go, that's very intrusive. He goes, well, but you got to think most people nowadays, their lives are ran by a calendar and they'll either hit accept or decline. And if they don't ever hit decline and it doesn't ever come back to me, you know, I show up and I say, I have a meeting with them. And he goes, you don't know how many times that worked. And I will say pre-COVID, that was the best thing in the world that ever worked for me. Post-COVID, people still trying to get through. Most people don't have secretaries anymore, so it's kind of hard to kind of break through that door sometimes if you don't know somebody. But, you know, you still got to go figure it out, be the bull in the china shop, break it down. So, I I always hope that I'm the worst salesman in the world. I don't even
0: know if anybody knows what I do.
1: (laughs) I do. I was telling everybody about it before we came in. No, Nightfire's pretty
0: cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Look it up, Nightfire.
2: (laughs) Oh, I thought you were Misty's uh, witch.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's- <laughs> yeah, SB's doing really good. Night Oil Tool's doing good. Night Fire, Night Oil Tool's and Night Fire. Not the same people, but I still, like, I'll promote anybody if they support oil and gas. Yeah, and absolutely. That's the great thing about what I'm doing. Like, attach your logo to this, will you? Yeah, we're you a big family, it. and there's a lot of work out there. Big family. We want to keep the lights on. We're, we're uh, again, you're vital to oil and gas and the human flourishing experience. It's pretty impressive. There's people that, uh, Richard Spears said it, right? Like, in all of the meetings, like, we provide affordable and abundant energy to poor people across the planet so we can say that to anybody that asks us what we do sure
2: oh but i mean you kind of take that to the next extreme you look at haiti versus uh the dominican you know haiti deforested their entire side of the island they're not they didn't have energy yeah Yeah. well but you look at the dominican they all gave uh the dominican the government gave all their people uh stoves and stuff like that and ran natural gas lines and i mean that's a pretty side of the island i mean most people yeah Yeah, i mean it
1: looks like it's just It's just completely. You can almost see the impoverished. Yeah, Yeah. I mean
2: it's horrible. But I mean again, some things. If you're not forward thinking, again, it it takes people that are forward thinking though too to think about that. So, well, we want everybody out there to think forward. Think how you can get a hold of Bosky and
0: uh, support them in their efforts. How do how do people get a hold of you? What's the website? What's your emails?
1: Uh, We're at BoskySystems.com. Get a hold of me or Jeff. Yeah. Through our emails, uh, ride at Bosky Systems or Jeff Stokes. Jeff. Yeah, Stokes, Jeff. Stokes at Bosky Systems. Or we'd love you to
2: get on LinkedIn, find them. Yep. LinkedIn, yeah. You can find us that way. Um, or find us at the closest bar. <laughs> not a chance.
0: <laughs> not really running those that much anymore. That's true. That's go true. For that. yeah, or go to WoolfieldTailgate.com. There's a calendar of all the events and meetings you can attend the SP, the IADC, the API, all the acronyms. Is there anything that you're not a part of? Well, no, I have FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> no if there's an acronym out there and it has to do with anything energy and now fire and hazmat and like on and on i've got a whole other conference i'm part of here coming up in uh, march and april that has Are to they to allow
2: me. you into some of their
0: security yeah i had a meeting with them really the yeah <laughs> they, they didn't arrest really? you yeah That's no insane. they were like stoked we're gonna like be part of like the government now too oh dear lord oh yeah exactly. i'm gonna pray for you on that one i I'll, i'm gonna go in and i'm gonna uh be i'm gonna go talk to elon and then we're gonna get on Twitter. As I hope
2: this so is like cool. the Truman Show. I just want to. I just. I want to see the FBI or somebody arrest him. Homeland uh, yeah. Security is like take. I already out. told
0: you, Jeff. I don't care what OSU bullcrap you have. <laughs> I am
2: not wearing orange. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just happy that I made I'm you speechless. To get me to wear orange. I'm just happy I made you speechless. Whenever you turned around and like, we're just like.
0: Um, I just hadn't seen overalls uh, that look like that. Oh, uh,
2: you know, there are one of, I've, I, I, I don't know if I told you this, but I was, I've been offered $500 for the overalls as they were. And I'm like, well, I don't mind if you know, somebody would have offered me $500, I would have taken them off. you dollars. $500. $500. I would have made Tr- an effort. Trust <laughs> me. I, I, I was, I was down for it, but my wife was like, no, we are not getting arrested today. And I was like, okay so you need to start wearing like some gym shorts underneath them now my boxers are basically gym shorts i mean whatever and also (laughs) orange (laughs) how'd you know did you were you in my closet this morning whenever i put them on all right this is what we do everybody we interview
0: my friends and uh oil and gas and uh let me get them out of here guys god bless you hey thanks for having us thanks so much again uh you're always wanted in here uh welcome you can come back be co-hosts or series guests or you bring in somebody you find interesting don't forget uh If you find somebody interesting, bring them in here for me, will you?
2: Absolutely. Will do. Thank you guys. Thanks, Matt.